know what time it is. It's another episode of the 3 and one Podcast. Joining us from Cleveland, Ohio, the land. Yeah. Give it up for international Ian Lamont Morgan. <laughs> you already know what it is. You already know what it is. <laughs> Rap ad-libs. Yeah, definitely. Throwback. Jo- Jeezy, shout out. Joining us from... Joining us from Southwest Ohio, the Nasty Natty. Give it up for Keith Turner Jr. Hey, hey. It's Colin Kaepernick still without a job. I'm just, I'm just asking for a friend. Just asking for a friend. We're going to be saying that for a long time, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, in the capital city, Columbus. Give it up for me, Malcolm Morgan, your boy. Give it up for you me. That's such a weird thing to say. Give it up for me. It is. <laughs> I, haven't quite, I haven't quite mastered how to introduce myself. I don't know how to, if, if I need to like be, like I'm not me to introduce myself, or should I be aware that it's it's a really existential question. Should I be aware that I am me? I think it's Think perfect. about that. <laughs> so we got a lot to talk about today. Um, full disclosure, it is... Um, Wednesday evening, we usually record on Tuesday, but we had some, uh, some issues that prevented that. Um, and the 76ers and the Celtics game is on right now. By my, by my margin, they're tied at one own, uh, Celtics just with the lead, 111-109, 18.8 seconds left. Um, so we're going to be talking about that game in real time. Uh, but first we're going to talk about the Western Conference NBA playoff, um, series, and then we're going to come back to the East and hopefully, uh, we could talk about the Sixers boston game and or series depending on what happens so malcolm you can't be saying things too too quick man because my tv is trying to uh catch up to yours so uh (laughs) you know you you just shouting stuff out i didn't even see the play yet good lord oh my god Kyrie just Kyrie just walked on the floor (laughs) larry bird is coming out of the door okay right right (laughs) um (laughs) is that dr j (laughs) <laughs> Charles Barkley is limping on the court Alan Iverson Alan Iverson, right, right, right <laughs> He loves his little buddies So, let's start with the uh, Houston Rockets eliminating the Utah Jazz Sheesh um, It was, I'm trying to remember what our what our group prediction was for this I'm, I'm pretty sure, I know I said that I was pretty confident the Rockets would win um, I don't know. If, I can't remember. Did you guys feel like the Jazz had a chance in the series? No. No no one said anything about e- okay. any team in the West having any chance besides Golden State <laughs> and OKC. I mean, excuse me, and, and the Warriors. Let's just be real. Yeah. So, I mean, this series pretty much played out how you would imagine. Um, the Jazz were able to steal one game, but for the most part, they were outplayed. Um, and even, I mean, I, I watched um, the second half, some of the second half of that game. Uh, I think about the mid third quarter and um, Donovan Mitchell put on a show oh, in that third quarter. Yeah, I believe it was 22 points in that third quarter and single handedly got Utah the lead. Um, but after he had that injury and had to go um, back to the uh, locker room, it pre- it fell apart pretty quick. Um, so what do you guys see as kind of the, the pivotal things that led to the Rockets winning this series? Um, and we'll start there before we before we talk about the next series. I mean, two headed monster, James Harden, Chris Paul. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's that's too. Thus far, it's been too overwhelming uh, for anybody really to have those two floor generals um, on the same team with all those shooters. Um, it's a, it's a team that's constructed perfect for uh, Mike D'Antoni. 
I mean, <laughs> just Steve Nash wasn't enough. You know, he had to get Steve Nash times two. Um, okay, that's a stretch. I'm just saying in theory, <laughs> he has two great playmakers on the same squad. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, just uh, Clint Capella has been looking like a man-child all playoffs, so I'm curious, especially with – well, I don't want to jump ahead, but I'm curious, you know, given what he did to Rudy Gobert, given what he did to Cat, uh, which, let's be clear, Clint Capella did not just play well. He made the yeah. other big men look small. You know, yeah. you, you were scratching your head wondering what was going on with both of them all throughout those series. And so with Golden State not really having a big, I'm kind of wondering how that dynamic plays out. But, uh, yeah, anyway, you know, Utah, it was it was a hey, it was cool. I think they overachieved for what they were expected to do. Um, but, yeah, Houston, I mean, they're just, I don't know, too much firepower. Even when they didn't shoot well, they still were in games. And they're actually playing defense. Um, yeah. It's tough to it's tough to fix my mouth to say that, but I have to admit, uh, there's some times where they're playing some solid defense, and so you got to give your kudos to Mike D'Antoni and the Houston Rockets, and uh, we'll see what the future holds. But you know, I, I'm pouring out some uh, some sunny delight for Donovan. You know, he held mm-hmm. it down, tough spot, had to take over for Ricky Rubio, who I did not expect to be out um, as long as he was. So that was kind of demoralizing, but. Hey, yeah. bright, bright, uh, bright marks moving forward. I honestly think, though, if Ricky Rubio plays in that series, that they win another game. Um, hmm. and, and, honestly, and honestly, Donovan Mitchell, if he was in the rest of that game last night, uh, they may have been able to, you know, um, you know, potentially win, win a game on the road. Uh, and, of course, that wouldn't have mattered in the end because I still think Houston would have gotten the job done. However... Um, that boy Donovan Mitchell truly balled. Um, yeah. I am. I cannot wait to see what he, you know, what he becomes. Um, so yeah, I mean, but honestly, I as as well as Houston played, um, I I still don't think I see enough to beat Golden State in a seven game. Oh, save series. it, save it, save it. Sorry, save I'm it. sorry. I'm sorry. Let me not get ahead. Save All it. Of, um, save it. I mean, you didn't hear that, fam. Like, People, you didn't hear that. Here's a, it, was, uh, it was an aberration. Here's my here's my here's my thing and, and I, I'm I'm just curious if uh what we saw from Chris Paul last night was absolutely ridiculous. Um over 40 points. I mean that dude was just I mean he was putting up whatever he wanted and it was going down. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that's the Chris Paul we're going to see the rest of these playoffs. I'm curious, um, you know, so, but I mean, yeah, kudos to Houston. You know, they played well, but, uh, the, the real, the real series is getting ready to begin and I'm excited. Yeah. I think the, uh, to answer your question about Chris Paul, um, what we saw last night was kind of a product of necessity because I, I, I watched the, uh, the postgame interview and Chris said that James was sick. Um, last night it was he did a say that. under the weather, mm-hmm. so he, it was affecting his energy level. And you saw him clearly deferring to Chris in that in that second half. Yep. Um, so I think more, you know, it'd be great if they could have that Chris Paul. But I mean, that was a that was he he was hitting everything. In that oh fourth my goodness! And really, just put that team on his back. Um, but yeah, I think you know the just as as much as that team could score, just really gave. Um, really gave Utah a lot of trouble, and it showed that they are really one score away from being a real contender. 
Um, yes. And, the, and, you know, the fact that they lost, they were down to their third string point guard mm-hmm. um, who had barely played throughout the playoffs but was forced to play after um, after Rubio and then um, Exum both had hamstring injuries. Um, you know, Donovan Mitchell doing that for a spell for a little bit is one thing, but having him to carry the offensive load and be the primary ball handler and playmaker um, creates some problems, obviously, for a young guy like him. So, um, but he was so, I mean, I, I watched that third quarter and he's, he had everything going, getting to the basket, hitting threes, pull up jumpers. Yeah. He's just so special. And I would love for them to get um, another guy next to him that can help take some of that offensive load off of him. Um, they're, I think they're going to be a good defensive team because of the system they have in place. Rudy Gobert, obviously the big part of what they do defensively. Um, so, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how they try to enhance their roster moving forward. They've got some decisions to make when it comes to Derek Favors, who's going to be a free agent. Dante Exum, I believe, is a restricted free agent this summer. Um, he showed some things defensively. Obviously, no one can stop James Harden, but he's kind of the, the guy that you want out there with his length, athleticism, um, can bother James enough. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they do this offseason. Um, we'll talk very, very briefly, um, about the, um, Golden State Warriors and that, by the way, that Celtics game just went final Celtics won 114-112. Thanks a lot, um, Malcolm. It looks, oh, you're still not caught up. Sorry, Keith. Thanks a lot. So, sorry, Keith. Sorry. Right. Uh, right. So that was for the fans. You didn't hear that. Um, so we'll talk about that in the Easter conference shortly, but. Uh, we'll talk briefly about this Golden State Pelican series. I don't think anyone was surprised by the end result. Um, but what can we take away from this series? <sighs> let's spend let's spend a little bit of time talking about the Pelicans. Um, obviously, they had a surprising. I I don't think maybe people weren't surprised they won in the first round, but the way they won, I think, opened up a lot of eyebrows. Um, so I'm going to ask the question on the minds of a lot of people in the NBA. Do they need Boogie Cousins? Mm. It's tough. It's That's tough. a real Honest. tough question. Yeah. I mean, looking at how they played and how they succeeded, it's tough to say that you see room for a guy as, hmm, for a piece as massive as Boogie on that mm-hmm. squad. It's tough, to, it's tough to say that they don't just need a sharpshooter you know, to play the four spot um, because that's a lot of space that Boogie takes up that clogs up the lane for a lot of the things that they were able to do um, mm-hmm. with some not elite parts. You're talking about yeah. Etwan Moores and guys. And so it's uh, it's interesting to think that um, as long as they have – all right, I'm not even going to get into it. As long as they have a point guard that can facilitate and run that team very well <laughs> – <laughs> I, oh God. It, I, I find it hard to say that they need them, but I'd like to see them give it a try. I'm, I'm much more encouraged to see this team move forward and try to fit big, uh, try to fit Bo- <laughs> Biggie, try to fit Biggie. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Biggie play for uh, New Orleans, man. It's a uh, Biggie Smalls. <laughs> oh, he's alive. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, but tr- them trying to fit him in now is more encouraging than, than, you know, when he first got to the Pelicans and it was just, it was a weird kind of Frankenstein type of thing. But now you're looking at a legitimate team, 
uh, with some identity um, that if if they can fit him in, that's ugly. That's ugly, and nobody is doing much about it. I don't see yeah. so. Uh, I honestly wouldn't. Also, I also like. I would, of course, I would love to see what a uh, a boogie and Davis and Drew Holiday and Rajon Rondo and you know what that what that squad could do. However, seeing how well they played, if they got a really good swing player. Um, in 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 you know and got rid of you know Boogie Cousins dealt him in a deal and got a really good swing um, who can score the rock you know uh, take a little pressure off Anthony Davis uh, they would be okay without so I could I could see it both ways uh, do they need him uh, not necessarily uh, could it be incredible to watch with with him and Davis I mean that's that's an unstoppable you know. Um, post game for both of them, um, with both of them being able to, you know, uh, to shoot the rock a little bit as well. But I mean, if they if they did go and get them a a really solid guard forward, I mean, gosh, they would be they would be incredible. Um, so I mean, they they have they have something to play with, honestly. I but I I definitely see it both ways. But do they need them? Uh, not really. Um, but. Uh, I don't know who they could get, and you know I'm trying to think of a player that would really fit in that in that system to really you know take them to that next level. So here's the problem, um, and it's similar to the problem they had last year with Drew Holiday. Um, they don't have the money to bring in somebody else, even if they don't if they decide not to resign Boogie, they're already over the cap, so they yeah. can't go get anybody. Yep. Um, so really, they're in a position where they're gonna have they're gonna have to resign him. Uh, we kind of saw, you know, they played a lot faster against Portland, um, and you start to see, okay, that's how this team can play. But then they played against the blueprint for playing the way they want to play in Golden State, and Golden State ran them off the court. You can't play Golden State how they play and expect to beat them. No, um, the no. teams that have success against them are teams that are able to either beat them up inside. Uh, which you have to go back to the um, Zach Randolph, Matt, uh, Mark Gasol, Grit and Grind Grizzlies who gave them problems. Um, or you have to have a good defense to kind of wear on them. And so you've seen teams like Utah have success against them in the regular season. Um, but at least if you if you keep a boogie there, you're, I feel like your ceiling is a lot higher than this team without him, especially since you can't really add anybody of significance Yeah. after that. Now, the interesting scenario is the sign-and-trade, but Boogie would have to opt in, um, and then <coughs> um, the issue with the sign-and-trade, and it's a complicated system, but the way they've kind of um, tried to limit sign-and-trades, if, um, if the Pelicans did sign-and-trade, then they would be hard-capped, at six million over the cap, um, so they literally could not add anyone that would push their cap number yeah. over. I believe it's the projected number next year would be one twenty nine. So that's a whole lot of a whole lot of uh, figuring out you got to do. Even mm-hmm. if you're able to bring back something significant, you're you're capped out already. So yep. I think they're in a situation where they're going to have to bring Boogie back. I don't know if it'll be for the full max, especially because of that Achilles injury. Um, in the history with big men, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up instead of getting the five year, maybe a three year or a two year and an option. Um, 
But I think the ceiling, they were really starting to play well before he got hurt. Um, and they had started to kind of speed up the pace a little bit. Um, but I think next year, if they are going to bring the, these guys back and kind of run it back again, they've got to do a better job of kind of staggering the minutes for the big guys because I think that's one thing that contributed to, to Boogie's injury is that yep. they're playing at a fast pace and he's paying a lot of minutes. Um, you got to get him down to the, about that 38 to 40 range for a guy his size and as fast as they want to play. They need him as fresh as possible. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm excited about seeing – and I was I enjoyed watching Boogie and, and and Davis together. I think the key also is get Drew Holiday to play like he did in these playoffs. Exactly. Um, with Boogie on the floor. If that happens, then this is a team that's gonna raise eyebrows um next year. And of course all of that is predicated on Boogie coming back healthy. Would you rather see that or sign and trade, which kinda all parties win? And we know who does know what to do with two big men, and that's Greg Popovich. A sign, <laughs> I, I, I know he, I know he said he won't do it in the West, but if there's a signing trade with Kawhi for for Boogie, and if you got a time, I'm not. Go ahead. Uh, Kawhi's got to come into the office and tell me, I'm not, I'm not coming back. I will murder Tim Duncan and desecrate his corpse if you bring me back. Like, he's going to have to, like, make it crystal clear that he is not. And the other problem with that is that he's um, extension eligible, eligible this summer because I think he has one more year left and then an option year. So wherever they trade him to, he would have to want to go there and sign the extension and stay there for a team to give up the assets necessary to get him. Um so I that's that's tricky in a hypothetical situation. That is a great that is a great uh, deal for the Pelicans if you're able to get um, an injured coming off Achilles injury, Bookie Cousins for Kawhi Leonard. But I just don't see a scenario. I mean, the the Spurs I, are just smarter than all of us. I don't think they would do that. I hear you. I mean, I okay. I don't I don't think Kawhi's on our rundown, but they don't. I mean, they you can't want him back. I mean, I understand. Uh, you you I, can, you listen, can listen, listen. I, I, I understand. You know, we're not talking about people and personalities. We're talking about business. We're talking about commodities. We're talking about their production on the court. But just get, I, in principle, man. I mean, given the fact that Pop is, while he's solid about his business, he is unorthodox and he's very candid in his in his process and his speech. A guy that gives up on his team like that, um, I don't know. I don't know how you coexist in the locker room. I mean, you sink their postseason, a, a Spurs team that plays together better than they have since since Lamarcus got there, and the only piece they were missing from truly being contenders was Kawhi. And now you, I mean, you you completely just shut them all out. You give up. You're not telling your guys what's going on. Like, I mean, this is. I don't know. There's so many. There's so many levels to that. That, to me, I could just I could see that Trump and everything and saying, "All right, let's get this guy out of here." Who he's clearly looks like he's trying to force his way out. His team apparently wants him to go to a major market, but I don't know. We're not talking about Kawhi. I just think that there's there is there's merit to San Antonio being like, you know what? We wash our hands of this guy. Mm-hmm. You do you do that with Rudy Gay or Lance Stevenson, but Kawhi Leonard, oh you you make that thing work until the wheels fall off. 
until until Kawhi has choked out Pop at a practice. We go look, y'all gonna work this thing out. Spree West style. Because <laughs> there are no Kawhi Leonard's don't grow on trees. You that know? he does not. You don't just find another Kawhi. Hey man, guys put on their team. I think that's a that's a deal breaker. But I mean, I'm not saying release them. I'm not saying wait them. Like, they get nothing. I was gonna say, uh, give up on your team like the uh, your favorite player, Rajon Rondo, gave up on his Dallas Mavericks. Man, what's next on the uh, on the rundown? <laughs> Thank you for that wonderful transition. Golden State, uh, Houston. Um, what's the keys to this series, guys? Uh, I think this is a series we all wanted to see, mm-hmm. just to see if Houston has enough. What do you guys think about this series? Uh, listen, y'all, I honestly, I just, I was talking to my wife yesterday. I just literally hate watching the Warriors play. They're just absolutely ridiculous. Um, they're, they're just too good. Um, I mean, Houston, I just don't think, like I said earlier, even with them playing, um, well, this past series, they just, to me, don't have enough. Um, they don't have an answer to. I mean, I, I don't. I didn't see them play during the regular season. Who'd they have playing on Kevin Durant defensively? Um, they they rotated um, PJ Tucker, Trevor Reza, and Luke and Bahamute. Yeah, so I they've mean, got three guys that can throw at them. They can try. Um, the so Chris Paul, Drew Holiday. I mean. That is absolutely true. That's true. Um, this Chris Paul and and Steph Curry matchup is going to be very intriguing um, to watch. Um, if Clint Capella can have a, I think Clint Capella is definitely an X factor for Houston for sure. Um, if he can really man the post and um, force them to get out of the lineup that they're kind of getting comfortable with, with playing Draymond at the five, um, that could be very interesting. Um, but in the end, uh, I mean, I was just looking, though. I think the key, honestly, is beating Golden State in the third quarter. Um, Golden State's third quarter, they averaged normally at least, I was looking at this past series, at least 30-something points in the third quarter every time they won. And the game they lost, they put up 19 in the third quarter. Um, so normally, you know, Golden State comes out of the locker room, adjusts very well, and destroys teams in the third quarter. And then by the time it's fourth quarter, the game's basically done. Uh, so key, honestly, is going to be, you know, what Houston does in that third quarter to me um, will we'll really determine um, this series. Houston is at home, but um, are we predicting right now or are we waiting? Uh, I mean, we can, we can lead into that. Yeah, we can go. We can give predictions now and not. Honestly, I, I'm probably giving Golden State in six. And I honestly would say five, but uh, game five it would be in Houston. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I would say Golden State in six. Um, and that's being mm. generous. Being generous. Definitely being generous. Right. Uh, I I'm said, telling you. I agree with Keith. Um, and great pool. Yeah, Golden State, their MO. I feel like for a while it's been to come out after halftime and just bury you just completely demoralized you. And that's what we've seen. We've seen Clay come out and score 27 points in the third. I mean, they, they do play so honest on that. Um, I don't have confidence. I, I think Golden State is going to focus on taking Clint Capella out of the game. 
Oh, that's a mm. lot of lobs, a lot of easy layups that I just don't see them giving up time and time and time again. I mean, James Harden, once he breaks you down to a point, you know, if you throw three guys at him, he's just going to lob it up to Clint Capella. I, I think Golden State is smart enough to make that adjustment to kind of solve that mystery. And I think if that happens, Houston's not, I mean, they're not, uh, they're not, they're no pushovers. They still got mm-hmm. other guys that can hit buckets. But those easy buckets are, are key, I think, to what they've been doing. I mean, you see Clint Capella out there with 24, 22 points. Um, and so uh, I, I got actually have Golden State in five. Yeah. Um, if they don't sweep, honestly, yeah, um, mm, yep. I think wow. it's you know it's is and this is it's scary because this is a Golden State that has a weaker bench than years past that we've seen. But mm-hmm. um, you've seen some of their bench guys getting a little bit more comfortable, and as they get comfortable and play better playoff basketball, um, it just enhances how dangerous that starting five is. Steph is Steph, and there's there's no way to solve that but true enough Chris Paul they got bad blood going back to LAC days so mm-hmm. we'll see how intense he comes and, and takes that matchup against Steph uh, but as you know that matchup is not about strength it's not about power uh, it's about quickness and keeping up with Steph off of those mm-hmm. screens and, and the ways that they free him up and I don't really see anybody being able to stick with that so yeah Golden State in five I uh... Man, I'd say this with no conviction whatsoever. I think it's going to go six games. Um, I think Houston does just enough things that bother Golden State. Um, Golden State can't outsmall them. They can't. They won't be able to play Clint Capella as easily off the floor because of the guys that they start. I think I believe right now they're starting Harden, Paul, Ariza, Tucker. Yep, and um. And Capella, um, and I think Capella does. He does enough defensively that he can stay on the floor. He he plays well enough on the pick and roll, guarding on the perimeter a little bit, and protecting the rim. I mean, at the end of that Utah game, he was blocking everything. Yep. Um, they couldn't get anywhere near the basket. Obviously, that's against the the Jazz and not the Warriors. But he still has an effect on the game. Um, so I'll, I'll be the one to step out there. I think I think the Rockets win this in six. Whoa. Wow. Possibly Whoa. seven. Malcolm. Um, Whoa. If any t- if any team is going to do it, this is the team that's built to do it. Wait, wait, They have wait. home court advantage. They've oh. got a hungry Chris Paul and James Harden and arrested oh. Chris Paul and James Harden. Um, they don't play until Monday. Um, I think this Rockets team has enough this year. Oh. Um, Whoa. You have a couple guys that can win you some games. Um, they, they've got the home court. Um, I, personally, if they, if the Rockets split at home, I think that's a victory for them. <laughs> um, cause that's how good the Warriors are. And this is, once again, I respect the Warriors. The Warriors have a switch. If they hit it, they are Unbeatable. the best team we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But the question is going to be, are they going to be able to hit that switch? Now, Malcolm. we haven't even... Even even in this series, we we we've seen moments of them where they've looked really good, but they haven't put it all the way together yet. Um, and then against a team like Houston, the margin of error is a lot smaller than it was against New Orleans or San. They lost a game. They lost a game to San Antonio, a San Antonio team that had no business beating them, um, which proves that this team is mortal. Um, and I just something is just telling me that. 
Houston could get hot during this series and really put some fear into them. Once again, I am saying this with a little conviction. Um, I, I just have this gut feeling that Houston, Houston's going to be able to pull it off this time. Uh, okay, so question for you, uh, Malcolm. Um, number one, um, did you stay off the weed? Or I'm just curious if you know <laughs> um, if if I need to get Stephen A. for you, um, just to um, no. But seriously, um, would you take Houston if Golden State had home court? Um, probably not. No. Okay, so you're. So one of the big things that you're saying is that what's huge is that Houston's at home. Yeah, I think that matters. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I definitely think it matters. I think it matters. But, Especially um, for this team. the A team that um, gets hot from the perimeter, can hit threes and really get rolling. Um, having that game seven in the back of your pocket at home. Role players, as we know, play better at home. Um, so I really – I think that's going to give them an edge. Especially a lot of these series – um, maybe not from series to series, but in series, momentum matters. Um, yeah. So if they're able to get a couple of those wins in Houston, that puts a different kind of pressure than the Warriors have faced before. Hmm. I think there have been maybe situations where they lose a game, um, and they're looking at the team across the other across the across the court and saying, "Oh, we could still beat them." But the but this Rockets team is different. Um, I think you know, obviously, I don't think the Warriors are scared of anybody, but this team of any team that they faced. Um, in their own conference, I think gives them the most problems, and they have to be a little bit in the back of their mind that this this is going to be a competitive series. Um, uh, now, all of this, all of this, could go up in smoke if if the Warriors show up and and, and uh, Draymond does his four a.m. text message, and he's just like hit the switch and everything just goes bonkers. Then this could all change. But I just I just haven't seen it yet, and until I see it, I don't know. I can't. Mm. I can't go all in on that. Okay. Wow. You threw so me for I'm, one there, Malcolm. I'm, I'm shocked. I mean, I am shocked too, boy, man. So th- this is directly after saying that teams cannot out Golden State, Golden State. Yeah. But I mean, I'm. I'll tell you what. I I can't say it's crazy. Well, let me because let uh, me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. You can't out Golden State with. With much much worse players, <laughs> you can't you can't you can't out Golden State with Solomon Hill as your Kevin Durant, wait, wait, Ian wait. Clark as your. <laughs> so you so you, so you can't do it with Alfred Payton and uh, no, no. Right. no you can't you can't out Warriors Warriors with a uh, with Shake Diallo as your first big man off the bench, <laughs> Nikola uh, Mirotic as your Draymond Green like that's just. <laughs> Miritich balled out, that? man. Shout out, shout out to, to Miritich and OG Bobby Porters. Nikola. <laughs> OG Bobby Porters. <laughs> what, what was it David Blatt there asking him when he was coaching the Cavs? You guys need to play faster. And he was like, look, uh, basketball is one thing and a track beat is another thing. We're trying to play basketball. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, so, well, well um, I, mean, I don't think it's crazy, though. I'm, I'm interested to see how Houston approaches it. Uh, I think Eric Gordon is going to be huge coming off the bench, too. Oh, yeah. And why have we not seen a lot of Ryan Anderson? Because um, uh, he sucks at defense, so he can't <laughs> play against – he plays against the Warriors. The, if he plays against the Warriors and is a key part of their rotation, they lose because he can't – they'll just they'll just target him all day. 
I, I mean, they'll get they'll get JaVale McGee in a pick and roll, and he'll JaVale get switched McGee. on, and they'll go into they'll just they'll just they'll just swallow him up. That's well, on that, that's on, one thing that the on that lineup he'd be, another, he'd be playing he'd be matching with Draymond who shot pretty well in this series, but it's Draymond. I mean, if there's a, if there's a guy that you are going to make beat you, it's going to be Draymond yes, Green. That's right. And I will tell you, if you want Draymond Green to beat you, put Ryan Anderson. <laughs> Play Ryan Anderson. <laughs> but, but he's also that's the I, recipe. <laughs> that would be what shredded uh, shredded chicken salad, shredded oh, barbecue oh chicken God. salad. I think. Oh no, Ryan Anderson. <laughs> um, listen, man, I, I just think that I would trade. I would trade Ryan Anderson's above stellar three point shooting for. You know, some defense that you might have to do a little bit of work to hide. But I mean, if a I. A little can, bit of work? Listen, he's, he's not that much worse at defense than the Kevin Love, right? You at know. least Kevin Love at least Kevin Love has long arms. Ryan Anderson, look, okay. I, we have <laughs> talked about Ryan Anderson entirely too long during this podcast. Well, he has to get him a man's arms. He gave him the T Rex syndrome. Uh, all right, so. You guys want to go Cavs first, or you guys want to go Celtics first? Man, I got to talk about these Celtics. All right, let's do. Let's try to make the Celtics segment short, and then spend some time in the Cavs. Then we'll talk about the uh, series, and then we'll try to get to a couple more things in the rundown. Um, Celtics eliminated the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, four to one. A uh, uh, surprise? I don't know. We're surprised. Um, we Damn. shouldn't be. As good as they have been, um, here's my. I, I've been saving this for quite some time after watching the uh, Sixers. I just want to say, all of you Sixers lovers out there who uh, were trying to convince some of us basketball people who have watched basketball for a long time that the Sixers were going to make it to the finals <laughs> and that youth didn't matter. This is this series is exactly what we were talking about when saying this team is too young to win now. That's exactly what we're talking about. (laughs) All years matter. Ben Simmons did not have nearly the impact on the game he did in the Miami series. His inability to shoot was completely evident during this series. Joel Embiid, I was watching the game tonight, and he was out of the game, and they made their run, and he came in, and he's starting to shoot mid-range jumpers. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, what in the the whole world are you doing? Yep. so I mean this this team and the and the game they won was because they put in a guard who could actually dribble, play make, and shoot just enough, um, which I was hoping Marco Marco Fultz would get some run, but for whatever reason Brett Brown did not trust him in this series. Uh, but it it really showed a why this team is young. They still need to learn how to win, go through adversity, um, and they and they still need a guard to help Ben Simmons with the playmaking, a guard that can also help them. Um, initiate offense and make things a little bit tougher because Terry Rozier is just just lighting them up um and then he doesn't really have anybody that's going to give him problems on the offensive end so um and Al Horford is probably the MVP of this series oh he, is, he was a he was a monster on both ends of the court I did not think he'd be able to guard Joel Embiid and he really really um gave Embiid a, a tough time so yep. um I'm not super surprised by this but all of you Sixers fans all you bandwagoners who jumped on after the Miami series saying, we're going to the championship. This Ben Simmons is the... This is what we were talking about. They weren't ready. Oh, well, They weren't ready. That's after MB came back, too. They, they didn't jump on until after that. 
Right. And it didn't it didn't help that you had Stephen A. Smith at the beginning of the playoffs talking about Philly having a shot to beat the Cavs to get to the finals. Yeah. So that just hyped him up even more. Oh, you know, Stephen A. Smith, you know, the hothead from ESPN talking about how, who's you one, know. Who's what? 100% credible in all of these matters. I mean, 100%, you know, right? 100% credible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, oh, Stephen A.'s behind us. We might, we, we have a shot. Like, I, I can't lie. I, I did think that, that, um, that Philly was going to have a little bit better of a showing. Um, I did think that this series was going to go six or seven, uh, which honestly, if Joel Embiid makes a layup toward the end of the game, it, they may have a shot. Um, they fell apart, though. I mean, they, they took the lead by four or six with like two minutes left or so, somewhere around there. Um, and, and just like throughout the, throughout the series, um, they fell apart. Um, I was watching game three in Philly, and I was not impressed at all by the way Ben Simmons kind of – he kind of uh, didn't want to get into the big moments. Like, he was passing the ball a lot, you know, wasn't driving in big moments when big plays needed to be made. Um, yeah, it was, you know, I mean, they were relying on J.J. Redick and, and Bellinelli, to, you know, to bail them out with threes, and J.J. Redick was awful tonight. Um, so, you know, to Malcolm, to your point, you know, they, they needed another guard, and I think they thought that Markel Fultz was going to be that. Um, but, oh, how he has disappointed. Um, so I, I'm a little disappointed with Philly, honestly. I was really hoping they would give my Cavs a little bit more rest time. Um, I don't know when the Eastern Conference Finals is supposed to start now, probably maybe Saturday or Sunday with the Western starting on Monday, they said. Um <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, overall, I mean, the, uh, the um, 76ers have a lot to learn from this. It, it, it's good for their uh, basketball maturity. Um, I'm looking forward to them, you know, to, to what they can be for sure. Um, but Boston, man, Brad Stevens is a, a X and O basketball genius. Um, and those guys, the thing that scares me about the Celtics the most is how they buy in as a team. Uh, everyone plays their role. They don't try to do too much. Jason Tatum and um, uh, why do I always forget his name? Uh, the other Jalen Brown. Thank you. Um, they they stepped up, and those guys are are looking very good without Gordon Hayward and without Kyrie Irving. That's a scary, scary thing. When those guys come back, Boston is going to be incredible. Um, so. So, yeah, man, uh, Boston, man, Brad Stevens, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, uh, I mean, your last point, your last point is going to be my first point. Uh, Brad Stevens straight up through and through out coached Brett Brown uh, in the series, and it was, uh, it was, it was obvious. Um, it was, it, I mean, the adjustments were there. The, the whole game plan was there, um, you know, and like Malcolm said, Ben Simmons afraid to shoot. Um, he's, he's been afraid to shoot. I don't think I've ever seen him more glaring than in this season. Um, even in the fourth quarter of the game tonight, uh, there was a play down the stretch where you recall when Ben Simmons rushed that shot and just played really erratic down the stretch of, of one of the prior games. And uh, this game, there he is, 10-foot jumper, you know, pretty much to tie the ball game up or to take the lead. And um, he panics. He drives the ball into traffic. I think the play results in a turnover. So, um, yeah, yeah, the youth is there. The inexperience is there. you got to remember that this is really Joel Embiid's first go-around. Yeah. Um, and he's I mean, both played. of them. 
both him and Simmons. Yeah, yep, yep. And, I mean, they, they display a great deal of dominance. Uh, Joel Embiid kind of reminded me um, in this series of um, 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 a really, like, a phenom in, on the football field um, that's just really really killing everybody via the quarterback or, yeah, I mean, really quarterbacks. And then once teams actually get tape on them, you start seeing them get humbled a little bit. Al Horford mm-hmm. humbled Joel Embiid. He was he was feeling really really good against Hassan Whiteside because he's Hassan Whiteside. But um, <laughs> but you know you see uh, you see Horford come out. Now I I I would agree that he's the MVP. Um, if it were not for Jason Tatum, I mean, and listen, he he may not have had gaudy numbers and everything, but. Uh, he's he has been by far the most poised rookie in this playoff. Um, what you I, said I say that, and I, Jason Tatum, and I say Over that knowing, knowing that Donovan had a, a crap load to do and did an he, he did an incredible job. I cannot take anything away from him. Jason Tatum has been popping up big time in the stretch and mm-hmm. clutch moments, time and time again uh, oh. through these playoffs. Without being the primary scorer, without being in that role where I'm the man, I have to take it on. You know, Terry Rozier has been doing some amazing things too, but uh, Jason Tatum, I, I can think of three or four clutch moments where he's shown uh, um, just just a, a veteran type of poise. So, I mean, hey, you know, it's neck and neck. It's 1A, 1B. Again, I'm not taking anything away from Donovan. You know, he had some other things to do, but you saw some moments from Donovan that were very – you know, I, I don't quite know what I'm doing, slash, I don't I don't fully, I don't want to say belong here, but, you know, Houston, Houston, uh, they, they got him to show his rookie colors. And so it's going to be important in this next season if Jason Tatum, I mean, this next series, if Jason Tatum has some rookie colors, that, uh, that they be exploited. But, you know, long and short, you know, Terry Rozier did his thing. Um, Jason Tatum really did his thing. Um, but you know, even on the final play was kind of a a, a, a recap of the series for me. Um, out of bounds play after Marcus Smart tries to miss a free throw, ends up making it. So there you have Boston up two. I mean, there's about two point three, two point five seconds left. Ben Simmons is taking the ball out. You got two guys that are running to get open in the backcourt. Ben Simmons launches a hail mary pass into the backcourt. Trying to, I mean, and, and you just you can't go without giving yourself a shot. Another football analogy. I mean, it's, that's like a quarterback taking a sack on the last play of the yeah. game in the red zone. Like yeah. you, you, you just cannot forfeit your team a chance uh, to keep itself in the game or to win the game by making a play that that's that's low percentage, low IQ, frankly. So, you know, like I said, outcoached, outclassed, uh, Boston. They 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 showed they showed. Yeah, they show what they're really about moving forward. They're a team to be reckoned with, even without those stars. Well, that brings us to the other Easter Conference series. Um, Cleveland Cavaliers, once again, did their annual takeout of the Toronto Raptors, uh, sweeping them out of the playoffs, sweeping the number one seed. Um, let's spend a little bit of time on this series. I want to I wanna get to the, to the Easter Conference finals, but... Um, what are really quickly a couple things that you guys saw in this series, and then what about the future of the Raptors? Um, God's plan. 
uh, I think, uh, golly, I'm sorry. Um, if we had gotten enough time to talk going into the series, I would have expressed my extreme lack of any confidence in Toronto. They are, um, I actually think I did, but I just want to reiterate. You did. You, you called them Charmin Soft, I believe. Was ah, the clip we had. I appreciate that. They were imposters, man. They were imposters all season. That's why, you know, all, nobody in Cleveland cared about what Toronto was doing to them having the one seed. This was just that coming to fruition. Um, they are just mentally. Well, don't, you, don't you remember? Don't you remember? Demar said they they thrive in adversity. You remember? Oh my gosh, Demar also said after that? this after this series made a comment that you know he's he's giving us recap and he's like, hey, maybe they do have their number, and that's when I just stopped listening to Demar Derozan yeah. altogether. Um, Here, here's the here's the turning point for the relationship between the Raptors and the Cavaliers. So I'm sorry to to uh, interrupt where you're going but last year when Cleveland won the first two games then lost the second and LeBron in the post game news conference goes I've been in some adverse situations and this isn't one of them and then they <laughs> won the next two games and ended the series <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know about the Raptors right there pretty much <laughs> And so, I mean, moving forward for Toronto, a lot of people have been saying, blow it up, blow it up. I I don't know. I wanted to say maybe just get rid of DeRozan because he just does not have the heart to perform in the postseason or against the Cavs, more specifically, I should say. Um, Dwayne Casey's theory is that, you know, hey, LeBron won't be around forever, which is another just awful they just say the most awful things um you don't want to hear that from your coach man i, I don't i don't know what this i don't know what the, the solution is for this team uh maybe some some spinach um maybe some i don't know some some viagra i think we might be looking at some uh you know Did you say viagra? hey i i, I gotta say that the, the the testosterone is down man and so um Ah, I don't know. Kyle Lowry, I wanted to give him props for coming out and playing a good game three, and then he scored five points in game four. I just I blow it up. Blow it up, tear it down. Let's retire the Toronto franchise for three years, and let's start again in uh, 2023. Uh, man, what, uh, what really stood out to me, of course, like I you know, uh, alluded to before, is, of course, the three-point shooting definitely was, was there. Uh, for the Cavaliers, um, uh, the return, thank the good Lord, the return of Tristan Thompson. Um, oh, I, mean, I did not expect you to go that direction, but I mean, this this guy finally gave us a few more glimpses of what, you know, we saw when, you know, the Cavaliers won the championship, you know, getting down to the paint, uh, you know, just grinding out, you know, Every minute you got for every offensive rebound that you can get, he put up some. So I mean, he scored some. You know, he was efficient scoring wise. You know, didn't try to do too much. You know, put his buckets around the rim, um, and and I think he was really an X factor. You know, um, that's what they've been looking for. And um, you know, the Cavaliers. You know, chances of of winning when he's playing like that are significantly high. Of course, except against Golden State. Um, so. So, yeah, I was very thrilled with that, honestly. Um, and I think, honestly, LeBron, and, and they, they went through this uh, during the series, that LeBron, 
uh, looks over and sees Dwayne Casey and just has nightmares of his first series in Miami against Dallas. And they just dared LeBron to shoot. And he was awful. Um, and, you know, um, he, LeBron even said in an interview that, you know, he's a better player because of Dwayne Casey. Um, Dwayne Casey told, you know, told his guys, listen, let, the, let LeBron shoot. Uh, and if he shoots and gives us buckets that way, he's he's earned himself a championship. And um, so Unfor- I think, unfortunately, unfortunately, that theory has backfired on him every series since then. Every series since then, right? <laughs> like, because LeBron took that personal, man. You know, he sure did. But um, but yeah, man. You know, Casey just he he won't win against LeBron unless you know he goes and coaches for the Warriors or something. So um, so yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, you you may have to. You may have to completely clean house for Toronto. I, but let me tell you this. I love Valanchunas. Oh, my goodness. If he can be consistent down in the paint, I love his game. I love that he, you know, gets down in the post and plays a big man game. Um, like, when he really balled, he gave Tristan Thompson. He gave Kevin Love. He gave anyone guarding him problems. Um, and I, I only could wish that, you know, um, the Cavs are, you know, could have a guy who could, you know, get down in the post and, and, and really go to work like that or like Horford. But, um, but yeah, that's, those are my, my quick takes, honestly. Well, I think first, I think you're the only person that said they, they like Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, I don't even, the Raptors been trying to trade him for like three years. <laughs> right. uh, <laughs> dude, that dude can ball, man. I, I love his Look, game, honestly. Hey, you know what? Everybody, Look, Mozgov is all I'm gonna say. Look, the, <laughs> Mozgov had a series in the finals against the against the Warriors because they allowed him to. Uh, the The Cavs were like, "Look, if JV, if he, if Jonas Valanciunas beats us, then he beats us. We right. <laughs> we lost. <laughs> Go ahead, get get your twenty, big man. Do you think? <laughs> Do you think, big homie? But yeah, the uh, the Toronto Raptors, aka New Clippers, aka New Hawks. Um, I would I would love to say that I didn't see this coming, but I completely saw this coming. Uh, and I think there was a good segment of basketball Twitter that was just like, "Are we really gonna believe that the that the Raptors are for real this time? We really gonna do this again, guys? Come on, come on!" And uh, but Malcolm, they're the I, one not, seed. They're <laughs> they have you know X amount of they're hitting threes now. Like their come bench on. is great. Here's the here's the problem with the Raptors uh, in this series. Um, Serge Ibaka sucks now, for one. Uh, uh, I think everyone, when he went there, assumed they were getting Serge Ibaka from the Thunder, and he is all of Serge Ibaka from the Magic. Um, and Dwayne Casey apparently does not believe in adjustments because he took the same philosophy he had in Dallas. Look, if LeBron James beats us, he's just, just going to beat us. Well, he has. A lot. Yes. <laughs> how have how have you not figured this out yet? <laughs> um, and then I, I I thought you were going this direction, Keith. The return of Kevin Love. Oh yeah, um, him too. Fat, not fat Kevin. You know, him not just shooting threes, but getting into the post, exploiting mismatches. Um, if you're gonna put C.J. Miles and Demar Derozan on him, I want Kevin Love on the block, sealing him. And and making him work, um, and I think that was I think that was really the key to the series because when you have LeBron, when you have Kevin Love rolling, then everybody else kind of falls into their own place. Mm-hmm. Um, even Jeff Green had an amazing shooting series. Yep. Um, 
J.R. Smith had his moments. Um, I, I mean, really, the the guy I was probably most surprised with was George Hill. Um, really being aggressive, attacking mm-hmm. the rim, taking it yeah, to Kyle Lowry. He didn't shoot uh, from the perimeter well, but he was very aggressive. Um, and it, it really came up big for them in a few spots. So um, I'm really encouraged by what I saw with the Cavs. I'm hoping that they can keep this this same philosophy of running the offense through Kevin Love, through LeBron, and letting everybody else play around them. Um, and I think you're going to see them play very well. Um, for the Raptors, I hate to see a coach lose his job, especially after winning a Coach of the Year award. But Dwayne Casey may have to go. May um, have to, bro. Because they've got a, they've got they play differently, and I give him credit for that. But you've got to find a way to make some kind of adjustment. You can't. If LeBron shoots it, then he beats us. Well, he did. He has. He does, and he will continue <laughs> if you keep playing this way. Mm-hmm. You need to make an adjustment. One single solitary adjustment. Um, your adjustment can't be okay. They're going to give us Valanciunas in the post. Let's take it. The Cavs are like, please take it. Please go ahead. <laughs> Oh, a jump hook in the lane. Great. Go ahead. Do your thing. Oh, Lowry and DeRozan don't have the ball? That's good. Keep keep. Do your thing. Oh, he's a beast. He's a beast uh, in the post. We can't <laughs> guard him. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not about that life if I'm the Raptors. Um, and if the issue is that these contracts are not good. Um, Lowry is over 30. Um, and he's owed 30 million over the next, I mean, um, 30, at least 30 million over the next two years. Um DeRozan, you might get the most four, but even then, I don't know what you're going to get for him and who wants him. So it's going to be tough to break this team up. The coach just may have to end up being the fall guy in this situation. So um, let's talk about the Celtics-Cavs series. Um, What are you guys' predictions, and uh, what are the keys? Mr. Cavalier, Ian Morgan. Man, listen, listen. I, I'm a big I'm a big supporter of systems over free flow, and we all know Tyloo ain't coaching no system. Um, his system is give LeBron the ball eighty percent of the time, and let me draw some out of bounds plays like Malcolm always talks about, and let me <laughs> let me draw some curl action for Kyle Corver, and that's about all let's, we got. Let's let's run this random three man weave uh, <laughs> on three point line. Let's do it. Let's do it. Somebody uh, pin down somebody and get Kyle Corbin free. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm concerned. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to voice that ahead of time. I had Boston being the face of the Eastern Conference starting next year. They, I'm concerned, but I still got the Cavs. Um, unfortunately, I think I had the Cavs in six or seven. Uh, because this Boston squad, they just they believe, man. Like he mm-hmm. said, they they bought into the system. They have bought into themselves. They cherish their roles. You don't see guys griping about playing time. None of the none of that stuff. And so, um, you know, no Rodney Hoods on this squad. They, um, oh God, we Rodney, 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 be be a sixth or seventh man and ball out and stop crying. Just had to get that out. <laughs> Come on, Rodney. You know you Look, ain't been... I'm going... I'm repeating what I heard. This is not a Malcolm original, but it, it's, it applies. I believe it's Scotty Pippen who said, when you play like garbage, you deserve garbage time. Don't Let's... nobody want to hear what you got to say, Rodney. And when you win garbage time, fill, fill up the trash can. That's how... And by the way, 
Larry Nance in garbage time hey. probably might have earned himself some playing time in the next series. So, listen, ever since have fun on the end of the bench, restricted free agent Rodney Hood. <laughs> ever since Tristan cheated, cheated on that Kardashian, listen, he got his superpowers back. And uh, <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, I, 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 yeah, six or seven games. I think it's gonna take um, a huge effort again from the others. Um, I don't know who's nobody's stopping LeBron, but Brad Stevens will game plan for LeBron. Yes, Brad he Stevens will. will double team LeBron James if he you is. You mean adjustments? Oh my gosh! If he is literally you, slaughtering you your entire team, he's he, he's going to double team that guy, uh, and he's good, he's going to do it in a way. Remember, this is the Brad Stevens that hit Isaiah Thomas on defense. This is the Brad Stevens who a good portion of the year hit a and improved Brad, Kyrie Irving on in defense. In Brad Stevens' defense, it's hard, it's it's easy to hide the five foot four guy. I mean, just that's true. It's hard to hide up, him with stick up, your, stick up, <laughs> just stick him behind your tallest guy. They won't know he's there. It's fine, man. But I mean, we we didn't we we're watching that Washington series, and Isaiah Thomas does not look like a bad defender. More often than not, because you just weren't paying attention to what he was doing, and that's a credit. <laughs> that's a credit to Brad Stevens because absolutely. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I, I expect I expect a really good series. I expect a really good fight. I said that I'm concerned because although I have the Cavs in six or seven, mark my words, if Kevin Love will not be, if he's not Fat Kevin, and if he does not come with that same aggressiveness, because he was aggressive in this series against the Raptors, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. Um, if he if he does not do that, if oh god, if Tristan Thompson reverts back to oh help us Lord the Tristan that he has been for the last year and a half for any reasons again I don't want to I don't want to speak doubt I got I got confidence I'm taking my guys I'm gonna stick with them but I know how quickly this season can turn on his head. Uh, because these Boston guys, they play the game at a, I mean, they're a better team than the Cavs. Yeah, I will say that. Um, but I still got Cavs in six or seven based off of talent, and if they keep riding this wave, but they got to come with it. They got to be aggressive, and they have to match that intensity that they're gonna get in Boston, who is the home seated team. Uh, so they will have home court. So you yeah, know, they they gotta they gotta be ready for that. Yeah, um, yeah, Ian, I'm I'm gonna try to keep mine. Uh... A short I what you I saying think, Keith I think um, the the big men of, of Kevin Love and Tristan are the X factors for Cleveland um, they play well I, I think LeBron's going to do his thing regardless that man has been on a mission all playoffs he has single-handedly you know beat beat the Pacers single-handedly destroyed destroyed all caps uh, Toronto um, but yeah, those big men, man. If they can ball, um, that really opens up um, everyone else. I mean, it opens up, you know, Kyle Korver. It opens up, you know, multiple opportunities uh, because re, you know Tristan's, you know, balling in the paint. Um, I was talking with a coworker, honestly, and Boston is definitely the better team. And one of my coworkers was like, Keith, you know, Boston is is better at every at every way except LeBron. And I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, 
Kevin Love, ah. if, if he really shows up, you know. But I think what he was getting what? at is that they that they play such great team basketball that it doesn't doesn't okay. matter. Look, um, uh, I think Ian said the same thing, and I was gonna let it rock. But both of y'all, okay. Look, they are not a better team. They have a better system. They play better team um, basketball is what I is what I was saying. Yeah, they they have a better system. They are not a better team than the Cavs. That's not I mean, this team that's on the court right now. This is not. This is not a better team than the Cavs. Yeah, I felt like Ian was saying they play better team basketball. That's why I was agreeing with him. Um, okay. Which right, you know, I don't. I don't. Uh, let's not get blasphemous and say they're still <laughs> team. They're not. Uh, they're not better. <laughs> I think that they are. They have a better system, and they have players that buy into their system better than the the current Cleveland Cavaliers squad. You okay. still, you still got guys yeah. who want playing time, and you know, but that's are, a different. That's a different conversation, and this is a better team. Yeah, yeah. This, I mean, I agree. This look, uh, I don't know. I, I will take. They, I will take. I will take Kevin Love over Marcus over Marcus Morris. I didn't um, say they have better players. I said they're a better team. Yeah. yeah, better system. You're talking about the system. No, I'm talking better about coach. how they play. How they play as a collective is better than yeah, how that's, we that's play. That's the system. No, it's that's not. System. What, yeah, it, what, what they is. what they scheme to do and how they actually do it is two completely different things. A lot of people. So draw you think up. that? So <laughs> we take system out of it. You line up their roster and the Cavs roster, and you think the Celtics team is better? I think the Celtics team have bought into their role. The Celtics roster. The Celtics roster. The Celtics roster versus the Cavs roster. Which is better? <laughs> That's not that's not the same question. That's, that's a completely <laughs> different conversation. No, you're you're saying their team is better. Their system, their team is not better than the Cavs. Their 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 team is their team on the court and how they perform is not a list of their <laughs> roster and saying, oh, okay, player to player, this person is better than this person. This person is better than that one. The team is the product of basketball that's out on the court, and that product right, of basketball right. is better than the Cleveland Cavaliers product. All right, y'all. We need you to. We need you to answer this. This is going to be our question this week. Is the Celtics roster? Is their team better than the Cavaliers team? Answer that question to us. Let us know on social media at Three and One Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please settle this because I think that's a ludicrous statement. If you're talking about system, which I, which is what you're talking about, I don't even know why we're really arguing about this because that's what you're talking about. But <sighs> I cannot. I cannot say. Honestly, looking at these, if if you, if I don't know who the coach is, if I have never watched a game, and you just show me these rosters on paper, the Cavs are better. The Cavs have no, better talent. Cavs are better, better talent. talent. That's the piece. And I, and that's why I agree with you, Malcolm. It's 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 about the system. It's about the fact that they have Brad Stevens, who I think is top two, top two coaches in the NBA. It's about the fact that they play well together. They scheme well together. That's why I think they're the better team in that sense talent wise of course you have LeBron you have Kevin Love you have you know um even your 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 Tristan Thompson's and 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 George Hills you know the talent wise the Cavs definitely are better but you know the Cavs can start playing iso ball you know and and J.R. Smith and others can just start throwing up shots like the Celtics play better team basketball and that's what worries me however uh I'm gonna go Cavs in six at home um I do think that they'll get the job done. I think that in the end, um, the Celtics just won't have enough talent. However, 
Um, I, I'm with you, Ian. If if we don't see uh, Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson step up the way that they need to, um, it could be curtains. Regard, LeBron could put up 50 each game. Um, and because of the team that, you know, the team ball that the, the Celtics play, I feel like they'll always have a shot. So this this series is really is has is it's got me worried, but I, I believe in the Cavs still, and I think they'll get the job done. I uh, I'm going to agree that the Cavs win six. I will just uh, I'm just picking apart little things now, just because I, we've pretty much covered this series. If LeBron scores fifty, they're go the Celtics are going to lose. This is this isn't the you guys. I appreciate Brad Stevens and his coaching. This is not the Warriors, okay. This is it. That they're good. They're not. If LeBron scores fifty, the Celtics are going to lose. That's I don't know, a, bro. It, unless unless he gets at zero from everyone else, that's the only way that happens. If LeBron Which... scores fifty, they they're beating the Celtics. I'm I'm take I'm taking that bet. Anybody want to take that bet? Um. I don't know yet. We're we gonna have to see. We're gonna no, have to you see. Can't wait. You can't wait. Oh, I mean, because I mean, because my my piece is is that you know if he does score fifty, like you said, Malcolm, he doesn't have a lot of help, especially if Kevin Love is not playing well, um, and all. Then then they could still lose. You know, um, it's just I just believe in team basketball. I believe in the way the Celtics play. Um, just not enough to overcome the talent um, that that the Cavs possess, you know. And that, again, okay. boils down to the fact of if Kevin Love, if Tristan Thompson and those guys step up. Look, um, I love team basketball, you know. That's the way the game should be played. But in the NBA, the best players win games. So I would love – no, I'm, a Cav, I'm rooting for the Cavs. I'm rooting for LeBron. I'm not going to say I would love for the Celtics to win this series. I would Heck not no. love for them to win this series. No. I would absolutely not love for them to win this series. I just think the Cavs, they're playing much better defense now. They um, are. The Celtics are still prone to going through long stretches where they don't score. Um, and if you do that against this team, they will bury you. Um, we, we finally saw people like J.R., Kyle Korver, Kevin Love, even George Hill, Jeff Green had an amazing series, um, especially shooting the ball. Um, those guys are starting to come alive. And um, if if that's going to be the case, if you're surrounding LeBron with those shooters and an aggressive Kevin Love, I, I yeah. think the Celtics are going to have a lot of problems. Um, yeah. Because as we, as we saw in this series, they were able to score pretty much at will against the Raptors. And that's the, that's the level. They were a top 10 offense this year. Um, if not top five. So um, if the Celtics go through any lulls against this team, it's going to be a wrap for them. Um, so I, I'm going to go with uh, the Cavs at six as well. Um, but, hey, that's why they play the game. LeBron so plays very quick, well in Boston too. So uh, He absolutely does. He really does. Absolutely. Um, so we had a lot of other things in the rundown. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, this will be the last thing we talk about. The head coaching vacancies. Um, the Phoenix Suns hired a coach. I don't know his name. Don't know who he is. Hope he does well, though. Good luck. Um, the Memphis Grizzlies hired their interim coach as the full-time coach. Uh, the other Bickerstaff. Good luck with that as well. They're going to be terrible. And the New York Knicks 
uh, brought in David Fisdale to be their head coach. Fizz. I love David Fisdale. I'm a Knicks fan. They're still going to be terrible. Um, <laughs> and then the Detroit, the uh, Charlotte Bobcats hired James Borrega. I don't know anything about him. He was uninspiring on Orlando. They'll be terrible, probably the same as they were this year. Um, good luck coaching Dwight Howard. And Stan Van Gundy was fired from all of his jobs <laughs> at the Detroit Pistons. Um, so, there's quite a few openings still remaining. Um, Detroit being the latest one. Atlanta still has an opening. Uh, Milwaukee. Orlando. Those are the big ones. And possibly we could be looking at the Toronto Raptors opening up. Um, so we'll leave that one off the list for now. Which one of these openings is the most interesting to you guys? And yeah, we'll start there. Um, if it does open up, it's, it's to me it's between Toronto and Milwaukee. Absolutely. Um, I think Stan Van is a, he's a. I still think Stan Van Gundy is a great coach. If you give him uh, the right tools to work it, let's not forget what he did with the 05 Heat before Pat Roy, Pat Riley hit the ejector seat. <laughs> and came and took over, but um, I think Stan, get, Stan Van gets something out of his players, um, and I do think you know um, he would even get something out of Giannis and, and bring something to that to that squad. That's that's a, a, an injection of attitude that maybe they need. Um, oh, so but, you're thinking Stan Van to Milwaukee? Is that what you're thinking? Um, um, it's odd, but yeah. Um, huh. I want to say Toronto's interesting. I just remember who was there, so I take that back. Um, <laughs> because I have no are confidence we, are we, are in those players. Are we really going to talk about the Raptors? Really? We're just <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I I hate how much they suck to be. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so Fizz, I mean, I'm, okay, you asked about openings. I just got to say, Fizz, I'm, I'm sorry, brother. Like, I mean, it's good to see you get a job. He'll be back on the market in four years because the Knicks are going to remain awful. And then they're going to pin it on him because the Knicks are a terrible organization. Um, uh, But also, just real quick caveat, I I know um, we talked about Ben Simmons and and some of his struggles. I want to see Jason Kidd as an assistant coach in in Philly. I know he was out of that Milwaukee job. I want to see him uh, there to help coach up Ben Simmons. I think that'd be great for him. But that's it. Hmm. Man, I, I love Jason Kidd as a player. I am not convinced he's a good coach at all. Um, so I don't know if that would even be good for Ben Simmons, to be honest. By assistant coach, I mean Ben Simmons' personal coach. <laughs> <laughs> so mentor on staff. <laughs> mentor on staff. Um. Yeah. So Milwaukee is interesting. I'm not super excited about the rest of their roster outside of Giannis, but Giannis is the best player on any of these teams, probably. Um, man, something about Detroit, even though that roster is is whew, a certain kind of train wreck. <laughs> um, you've got Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan, or Jordan, the other Andre, Andre Drummond. Um, two extremely skilled big guys that allow you to play differently than any other team. Um, if they can get the right things around them, um, especially in the Eastern Conference, I think they could be a really good team. But uh, we haven't really seen this team at full strength. Reggie Jackson was out for most of the year, especially after the Blake deal. And they played fairly well once he came back. 
I'd be interested since they're they're really starting over from front office and the coaching seat. Um, a name that's been floated around in Detroit is David Griffin as a possible candidate there um, for the front office position. Yeah. Jerry Stackhouse and Mike Budenholzer um, as the uh, head coach. If they can get the right combination, the right coach who has the right mind to make um, some of those things work, um, they have the you have the two guys to start off with. They just got to figure out the other pieces and hope they can hit on one of these fringe guys like a Reggie Jackson, Reggie Bullock, Stanley Johnson. Um, if they can figure that out, that team is a team that could sneak up in the East. Um, so that would be my choice. Yeah, I mean, gosh, guys, I would still love to see Mark Jackson get a job. Um, I, I, I wonder where his where his gauge is of like, you know, of course, he's a TV analyst and of course he's being paid well to do that. I'm just wondering, you know, um, what his gauge is to going back to coaching. You know, I still don't think he gets enough credit for for what the Warriors are doing now. Of course, of course, you cannot discredit Steve Kerr. But I mean, my goodness, what Mark Jackson did while he was there, I still don't think he gets enough credit. Um, so I would love to see. I I don't know if any of these jobs would be great for him. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see why he would want any of these jobs. Yeah, probably not. Um, I just wish he would. Um, get a position. I mean, you know, guys, honestly, um, I, I do think the the Milwaukee and um, if Toronto um, does, you know, let go of Dwayne Casey, um, I, I would be very interested to see where they go from there. I could see a guy like uh, Frank Vogel going there. Um, um, I honestly don't mind Frank. Um of course, he was terrible where he just was. However, um, I like what he did in Indiana. Um, did some good things. Yeah. He did some very mm-hmm. good things in Indiana. So I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, dis, you know, disbelieving in him or unbelieving in him yet. I think he could be good. Um, so, uh, so yeah. I mean, um, it would be tough to get, you know, to get rid of a coach after he, you know, was the number one seed in the East, but. What good is it if you're the number one seed and you get swept by the Cavs and you continue to let LeBron destroy you year after year? So um, I do think something has to be done there. In Milwaukee, um, with Giannis, ah, gosh. Um, I mean, I think Vogel could be decent there, too. Um, I don't think his name is really mentioned. um, But David Blatt's name was mentioned um, Mm -hmm. in a few of those vacancies, which, of course— um, we all know, you know, the, the sad story of him leaving Cleveland and Tyron Lou, his first season having a championship, um, with Blatt's team. Um, I'd be interested to see Blatt get another opportunity. So those are, those are my, those are my things. Um, my takes, those, I really wanted to focus on coaches that I, I'd really like to see, you know, coach again, Vogel, uh, I'd like to see what Blatt would do. And I just don't think yet would be the time for Jackson. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I, the names that I, I would, I think, uh, I would like to see David Black get a job, uh, a job somewhere. The Cavs yeah. job was just not the right time for him. Yeah. Um, it would have been interesting to see him coach a younger Cavs team, kind of develop them. But mm-hmm. once you add LeBron in the mix, it changes everything. Mike Boonholzer is a co- is a good coach, I believe too. Um, coming from that pop coaching tree, he he kind of built that system that made those those Hawks teams what they were. Um, I would be interested to see what he could do with Giannis in Milwaukee. 
um, mm. him or even Messina from the uh, from the Spurs. Yeah, Edore Messina. Um, I think he's a good coach. He's ha- he's got a lot of um, cachet in Europe and um, <coughs> ooh, excuse me, the um, Spurs Russia. coaching staff as well. So um, yeah, I love Mark Jackson. I just none of these. Maybe the Milwaukee job, but he's got, he's got to have the right people around him that are gonna, that are going to believe in him. And I don't know if any of these other situations. They're just some bad teams. I don't know if they're going to be good for some time. And I would hate for him to get a job and then get fired from it because the team's not good. Yeah, wasn't uh, wasn't Jeff Van, Jeff Van Gundy throwing his name out there for some things? Uh for the Knicks job, but I haven't really heard him for anything else. I would be curious to see him or Black in Orlando. Um, oh, look, that Orlando job is going to go to some young coach no one's heard of because that I, Orlando team is not good. I think it's – I don't know. I think it's I think it's time for, um, I mean, Vucevic and Aaron Gordon. I mean, I think they've got – I don't think Aaron there Gordon's, was – Huh? Gordon's a free agent. Oh, yeah, no. Never mind. Um, if, he, if he would resign, which I don't know why he would, but, uh, yeah – I think they got they got some talent there that could make some things interesting if they if they could I think when I think of Jeff, I think of a guy who, you know, you give him the reins and give him young guys to mold and build with. So I could see, you know, if Van if Van Gundy were interested in that, I could see him taking on a team that could have some promise down the road and seeing what he could do with them. But maybe I'm just dreaming and Blatt, I mean <laughs> Yeah, I don't. If he never coaches again, I can't say I'd be disappointed. And I wouldn't not, be surprised either. But yeah. So you guys, the hour is late. You guys have stuck with us to this podcast. Thank you for sticking with us, guys. Um, we're gonna do our parting words. We'll try to keep it short. Keith, what are your parting words tonight? Oh, man, uh, parting words. Um. Donovan Mitchell is definitely Rookie of the Year. I think, you know, that's that has been solidified, um, period. Just a real quick, just a quick caveat. Voting stopped, I think, in April, so none of this playoff stuff matters. Oh, well, regardless, uh, Ben Simmons shouldn't have won <laughs> anyways. Um, and, and shout out to my boy LeBron. Out here balling, out here showing people, you know, why he's great, why he's always been great. Um, and I can't wait to see what he does in Boston. Ian, parting words. Um, yeah, man. For one, I want to shout out my wife. I'm not sure how many more podcasts we will have um, before we welcome our second baby boy. Hey. Levi is on the way. So just want to get that out. Also, shout out to Drake. I'm going to be recording a remix uh, called Back to Back to Back, and it's going to be dedicated to the LeBronto Raptors. Wow. LeBronto. They said that on the air, and I was... I mean, that was the start of it. That's that's incredible stuff, man. Jeez. Um, You know what? Shout out to Rodney Hood. Um, It takes a certain... Um, a certain amount of cojones to not be playing well and tell your coach that you're not going in the game. Um, I think one day you could be the subject of a when keeping it real goes wrong. Yeah, that's mental um, illness. 
because you are a restricted free agent um, on a team trying to play in the finals. Uh, you have been playing all that well. And when you get a chance to play, you say you don't want to play. I hope that you have a really good agent because this is going to be an interesting summer for you, restricted free agent Rodney Hood. Um, <laughs> it's going to be very interesting, restricted free agent Rodney Hood. And just in case you don't know what that means, that means you get off. You could get offered something by another team, and your team has a, has the right to match that. Um, and somebody that doesn't want to play, they don't usually get very lucrative offers. I don't know if you've heard that, Rodney, but you're hearing it now because I know you listen to our podcast and you're a big fan. <laughs> yes, you do. And I actually, I was actually a fan of you coming over to the Cavs in this trade. But you have played like garbage, and now we have learned that your attitude is like garbage. So good luck to you, restricted free agent Rodney Hood. I doubt we'll be seeing any of you in the rest of the playoffs. So yeah, that's another episode of the 3 and one Podcast. Thank you for listening and sticking with us, guys. We really love you. From Cleveland, Ohio, give it up for International Ian Morgan. God bless you. Thank you. From Cincinnati, Keith Turner Jr. Hey. And you already know who it is. It's your boy from the capital city, Malcolm Morgan. Thank you for listening to the 3 in 1 podcast. We'll see you all next time.